Today, our sermon is entitled, What? Look at your bulletin. What does it say? Promise Keeper. All right. Um, Before we begin, let us go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for another day. Thank you for another worship service, God. We just thank you for the word that you've given us for this service and ask us to speak. We ask you to speak to our hearts and move us from where it is that we are to where you will have us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, it's good to see everybody out today. And we are going to talk about the promise keeper, our mighty God. So last week we had a pulpit exchange, right? So we had, who was up here preaching last week? Pastor Keon, right. And Pastor Kelly was over at Bridge and Keon was here preaching. Does anybody remember what he preached on last week? Okay. And the title was Waiting on... Jesus. Very good. Somebody was paying attention. Praise God. Okay. So Keon preached on waiting on Jesus. And he talked about how the nation of Israel had to wait until they had their savior. Why? They needed a savior to redeem them. Okay. This was the promise that God had given given the Israelites for centuries prophets told of the coming Messiah. Has anybody ever felt the need to be rescued before? Or you needed some help in some area of your life, um, on your job or your kids? Lord, rescue me from these kids. Hallelujah. Rescue me from this boss. Uh, from your life. You're just not happy with your life. You just made some mistakes and you wish you think you did things better, right? Uh, maybe you had a bad breakup or maybe you had a health scare. This morning, Pastor Kelly and I needed some rescuing. Amen. Hallelujah. And who did Jesus send? Pastor Rick. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, sometimes we have these times when we need to be rescued. Are you waiting on God to fill up, uh, fulfill a promise in your life? Well, we have promises in the scripture. Some of the scriptures we may or may not know are, I will live and not die and what? Declare the works of the Lord, right? Um, by his stripes, I am healed. The fruit of my womb is blessed. Our children are what? Mighty in the land, Okay. There, the Bible has lots of scriptures that are promises that God keeps for us. But just like the Israelites, we need to wait as well. Tell your neighbor, God is a promise keeper. Amen. If you could put that Psalm scripture up, I'm not sure if you guys are able to do that. In Psalms 31, it reads, In you, Lord... I have taken, let's read this together. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Next verse. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Amen. That's good. Come quickly to my rescue. Amen. 
Come quickly, immediately. I got a problem. 911. Amen. Um, sometimes when you need some help, you need, I need you to come quick. Um, what do you do when you, when things are not going your way and you need to be rescued? Well, David in the scripture is talking to God. David then got himself into some trouble. And he's in the wilderness and he needs God to deliver him from his enemies um, that were trying to kill him. So what do you do when you need help? Who do you go to? What do you do when you need some help out here? Do you give into bad habits? Okay. Do we give into temptations? Do we overeat? Do we drink? Do we sleep? Do we gossip? Okay. Um, did you listen to the world and worldly ideas? What do y'all do? You don't have to tell your sins today, but what do you think about it? What do you do when you get into trouble? Who do you call on? Do you call your friends? Do you call your mama? Okay. Do you believe what the world says? If God is so good, why did these bad things happen to me? You heard those expressions, right? Um, do you turn on God or do you run to God? I like what um, David says next. He says, be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Be my rock, oh God. How many of you can honestly say that when you have hard times, you run right back to God? God, what's going on today? Amen. Praise God. God, what is going on in my life today? And in verse 3, if you could put that up, it says, since you are my rock and my, let's read that together. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Thank you. So it says, since you are. So that kind of sounds like David already has a relationship with God. David already knows that God has done it in the past. God can probably do it again now. I'm going to go back to God like I did last time when I needed some help, right? How many of y'all have that actual rationale? I'm in trouble. So what happened last time I was in trouble? Do you think back to the last time you were in trouble? Do you remember how God helped you in the past? You should. If you don't, you should. And it says, um, lead me and guide me. It makes a difference on how you approach your battles in life when you have a history with God. When you go back and, and get in your spiritual strength and say, okay, this looks really bad, but I can do all things through Christ that what? Strengthens me. Hallelujah. Lead me and guide me. Now that sounds all nice and spiritual and everything like that. It sounds all nice and good, but do you actually go when God, when you ask God for help, when God tells you what you're supposed to be doing? Do you actually trust God enough to do that thing? How many of you actually ask God for help and you say, okay, well, do this? And you'd be looking like, what? <laughs> How many of you actually go through that? Th you ask God for some help and then you turn around and be like, I don't know about this, Lord. <laughs> right? Lead me and guide me. Well, um, Stephen in, in Acts recounts the history of the Israelites. Um, in Acts, um, from the beginning of their time, beginning with their uh, progenitor, Abraham, 
God gave Abraham a promise, who was their forefather. And verse 3, Acts chapter 7, if you could put that up, please. Acts chapter 7 says what? Read it with me. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. Stop. God said to do what? Leave your what? Your country and your what? How many of you are actually willing to do that if God says to go? Not many of us, right? God said, okay, go. Leave your country and your people and go to the land where I will show you. How many of you in school learned to follow directions the first time? (laughs) We all did, okay? You may have forgotten, but in school, we learned to follow directions the first time, okay? But how many of actually us do what God says for us to do the first time? With no direction, with no details. Where am I going? What am I going to do there? You told me to do this, but you have all these quiet, these who's, what's, when, where's, and why's. You need a time. Leave the familiar. Leave your country and your people with no real directions. And sometimes God sends us to a place that looks like a dead end. Anybody ever ended up at a place that looked like it was a dead end before? And you just knew, okay, you just knew God said to do something, but you was like, well, wait a minute, am I crazy? It was God who said to do this, right? And it looks like a dead end. But Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the assurance of what? Things hoped for and the conviction of things what? Unseen. You know, faith sounds real good. It's like, I got faith. I got the glory of God. I'm, hallelujah. I got the faith of God. It sounds real good to say it until you actually have to step out on nothing. how many of you are actually willing to just step out on nothing just step out on nothing but what your experience what God tells you to step out faith is the assurance of things hoped for there's not a substance there's nothing there that we can actually depend on it's unseen what you can't see How many of y'all ever been to the Grand Canyon? Okay, so at the Grand Canyon, they have this thing called the Skywalk. The Skywalk is a glass bridge. Somebody's nodding their head. And you can see all the way down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Well, a few years ago, I went to the Grand Canyon, and I paid money to get on the Skywalk. (laughs) And what happened when I got to that bridge? I know there's glass. I know there's a, I see the iron that's going to hold me up. But when it was time to step out on that glass, I could just feel the dread come all, I was going to pass out. I could just feel the dread come all over me. How many of you actually have faith to step out on something that you can't see? Amen. Step out, not just on what you can't see. Step out when God tells you to step out. Amen. Don't just step out there. Step when God says step. Um, You have to mix your faith. And the promises don't work without faith. Tell your neighbor, faith. Yeah, 
yesterday we had a Presbyterian meeting with all of the pastors in the Great Lakes Presbytery, which is basically all the eco churches around this area. And we went to Columbus and we had a, a speaker yesterday and he said the heart is where faith begins. In your heart, do you really trust God today? Do you really? Now it sounds good to say yes now. But when you get put in a situation, do you really trust God to step out when God says to step out? Yes. Luke 24, 25 says, Foolish ones are slow to heart to believe, looking at what was instead of what is to come. Sometimes when our plans don't work out, we tend to look at how good things were back here instead of looking at what God is going to do up here. Amen? We have to look forward to what the scripture says, see, I am doing a what? A new thing. Can you not perceive it? Um, And so here are some of God's promises. Isaiah 46 verses 9 through 10 says, I am God. I make known the beginning and the end. Psalm 102 verse 25 through 27. They will perish and you will remain like clothing. You change them and they are discarded. Think of these trials that we're going to keep going through to the day we get to meet Jesus. Once you get through one trial, guess what? Change your clothes and here comes something else. And then God's going to lead you through that Then change your clothes and then put on something else. And then after that's get done, change your clothes and put on something else. We have to look at life as keep moving, keep moving. Don't get stuck wearing the same clothes you had on last week. How many of you wear the same clothes for a whole week? <laughs> but wait a minute. How many of you wear the same attitude that you had last year? Oh, yes. How many of you, when you have a struggle or a trial, you're still doing the same stuff you was doing last time? You still falling out. You still boohoo crying. You still cussing and fussing. You still ready to fight. Hallelujah. Change your clothes. Somebody say, change your clothes. Change your attitude. Romans 8.28. We know this one, right? And we know all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For for he for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of God. Wait a minute. That ain't no easy feat. How many of you can relate to Jesus Christ? How many of you think that you look like Christ today? We look like Christ by grace, but how many of y'all can actually live a life without sin? How many of you ever broke one of the Ten Commandments? Anybody not broke one of the Ten Commandments before? None of us. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Um, We are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among us. Hallelujah. Moreover, whom he predestined, those, these he called, whom he called, he justified. And who he justified, he glorified. The scripture says, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. God knew from the foundation of the earth what trap the enemy was going to set for you. God knew from the foundation of the earth you was going to need some help today. Amen? God knew that you was going to be in need today. And God has a way. 
We are all God's children, and all these things happen because we are set apart for his glory. Those things kind of refine us. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance that I said to you. Ephesians 2, 8 shows that we are gifted by God, for we are his workmanship, gifted right where we are. And Matthew 19 says what? With man, this is impossible, but with God, what? All things are possible. Sometimes we just stuck on the tangible and what we can see and what we can control. But tell your neighbor, you can't control everything. Tell your other neighbor, you don't control everything. Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Hallelujah. 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 You want to see around the corner, but God don't want you to see around the corner. God says, trust me. Trust me and I will make your path straight. I put you on this earth. I gave you a purpose in your life. Trust me. You don't have to know the next step. Just trust me and I'll give you the next step. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I like what it says in Acts, verse 4. Verse 4 in Acts, please. So what did Abraham do? Did he complain? Did he say, well, this don't make no sense. I don't know where I'm going. Read this together. Verse 4. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. Let's read that one more time. So what did Abraham do? So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. Keep reading that. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. So he's talking in the past tense. This already been happened. This is a promise that God already brought to pass. When you go through a history with God, you can remember the good times. You remember that God already brought you out. Let's keep reading. And God sent him to this land where you are now living. Verse 5, he gave him no inheritance here, not even enough ground to set his foot on. But God promised him he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at the time Abraham had no child. Thank you. Put that down. Sometimes God will make a promise that don't even make no sense. You're going to be a world leader. You're going to be a world changer. You're going to be a singer. Hallelujah. You're going to be a preacher. Hallelujah. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to find the cure for cancer. Hallelujah. God will speak some things to our heart that don't even make no sense. Abraham didn't have a child, but he says, your descendants are going to live on this land right here. And he was the old man. Hallelujah. Um, he would not even have land to step on for himself. But God makes promises that we don't understand. His ways are not our ways. They're higher and better. And God spoke to him, verse 6. Please put that up. And let's read that, please. God spoke to him. Let's read that together. God spoke to him in this way. For 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated. We, you know, thank you. We wonder why. 
God allowed some things to happen. 400 years? I don't know about that promise. I ain't even got no kids, but you want my kids to be slaves? How many of you all would be ready to jump on that promise? Not many of us. They're going to be mistreated. My children, how many of you all like for your children to be mistreated? I can't think of not one person that like to see somebody else do our children wrong. Right? <laughs> oh, you know, I heard, um, I heard a, a, a joke by Sinbad. He said, you know, back in the day, you know, when you did wrong, the whole neighborhood knew you was wrong. He said, you was to get your butt whooped before you got home. <laughs> You'll come home sore, amen. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a good plan or a promise, but guess what? It don't have to make sense. How many, of, how many of y'all think that God's promises really need to make sense to us? We know that God has helped us in the past. Trust God to help us in the future. You know, we live in an instant society. We want things to be glamorous, and we want things now. And they, you know, advertise the credit cards and lose weight now. And you can do this quick. And a lot of times, it's a scam. Uh, amen? <laughs> we live in an instant society. I heard Joe Osteen say, but we serve a crockpot God. Sometimes when you put things in the crock pot, it tastes a lot better when you take it. When you have those ribs and, they, you know, they on the slow cooking. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's better sometimes to just wait and let things take time. Take your neighbor, take your time. You want the promises, but you're not prepared. You want the glory, but you ain't got no story. Oh, wait a minute. You want the glory, but you're not willing to go through that story to get to the glory. All right. Hallelujah. Um, some of y'all want a wife, but you don't want to make time. Hallelujah. You don't want to get married. You just want the, you want the benefits. Hallelujah. Um, some of y'all want a husband, but you got too much mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, some of y'all want children, but you ain't got no patience. Let God make you and mold you. He is the potter. And like a refiner's fire, he puts us in a fire. He is the potter. And we are the clay. And sometimes the potter has to put the clay in the refiner's fire to release the impurities. Take your neighbor and say, let God release them impurities. Say, let God release them impurities. Hallelujah. I didn't say your neighbor did. Praise God. Uh, God sees what we need and God knows what needs to be released. Um, and so verse 7 in Acts um, says, But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, God said, and afterward they will come out of that country and worship me in this place. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. And what was the purpose? So that they would worship God in that very place. Sometimes we have to go through some hard times before we can sit down and be humble and worship God. Hallelujah. Before we can even come into the sanctuary and worship God. Sometimes we got to go through some things. Hallelujah. Before you can humble yourself and say, oh, yeah, there is a God because he helped me last week on my job. Oh, yeah, there is a God because he helped me with my cousins and them. Oh, praise God. He, there is a God because I done got debt free. Hallelujah. I was sick and I'm healed. Hallelujah. There is a God. Sometimes you got to go through some stuff that you can have some true worship. Amen. 
The good news is God sees you. He knew what you need before you even called. Somebody got some needs today. Somebody got some promises that they're waiting on today. Hallelujah. If you're not believing for nothing, guess what? You're not going to have nothing. Are you believing for promises today? Are you believing in your faith that God is going to help you? God did not bring you this far just to leave you. And David was confident in, in our God. Since you are my rock and my fortress for the sake of your name, lead me, guide me. And David ends it by saying, into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. Sometimes you have to declare healing. Sometimes you have to declare that God is faithful. Sometimes you have to say it out loud so the enemy can hear you. I am healed. I am restored. God is faithful. This too shall pass. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Sometimes you just got to put it out there in the atmosphere that God is your helper. God is your way maker. God is your deliverer. If God be for me, who dare can come against me? Hallelujah! 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 God is my refuge. Tell your neighbor, God is my refuge. God is my promise keeper. And, they, and then um, in, in Acts, Stephen, the, one of the followers of Christ, he said, then he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs. Amen. God fulfilled his promise to Abraham. God is going to fulfill some promises for us as well. Abraham became the father of many nations, gave land to, ch um, to his children, but for 400 years they had to be enslaved first. No one would have chosen that, but that was the best way. Sometimes God uses all things to work together for our good so that we can just worship God. Hallelujah. Because if you got it all together, guess what? Sometimes we act like we don't need God. Wait a minute now. How many of you actually have said, well, I got this together. I don't really need to pray today. We've all said that at one point in our life, and God must have showed you the wrong. That's, that was wrong. You need God every single hour. Hallelujah. And so G, uh, Abraham became the father of many nations. God fulfilled that promise. And Stephen talked to the Israelites that that promise was fulfilled. And he was talking to them about the Messiah. They didn't expect the Messiah to come the way the Messiah came. They thought he was going to be glory and everything like that. It wasn't like that. Sometimes God will use the least of these to confound the wise. Hallelujah. Sometimes what you're expecting, God won't give it to you because he want to make sure you're not full of pride. Are you following me or are you following a formula like, like Moses in the desert? Moses didn't make it to the promised land. How many of y'all know that? Moses didn't make it to the promised land because he was dependent on a formula instead of God. We have to depend on God. And so Stephen was lied on and dragged out after he told this story. And, um, well, he was, he was lied on before, and then he was dragged down. They said, explain yourself, Stephen. And they put him on the stand, and he said, listen, this is our history. We, I have a history with God, and I know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And Jesus and God sent him here, and he is raised. And then he said, after 
They didn't like what he was saying, and they began to stone him. And he said, look, I see Jesus at the right hand of God. Oh, I just love what Keon preached last week. Oh, I just love it. He said, dismiss me in peace. There are some things that God will fulfill in your life before it's time for you to get out of here. He said, I see Jesus at the right hand of God. He knew that God was telling the truth. He knew that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, and he's seen that. And what did Stephen say in Acts chapter 7, verse 59? As they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. How many of you can actually say that? Into your hands, I commit my spirit. I don't understand this. I don't see a way, but into your hands, I can you can receive my spirit. You can dismiss me in peace. Hallelujah. And God calls us to some hard places. But in the midst of trouble, God can give you peace. He gives you peace that passes all understanding. How many of you have ever experienced that peace when it was a hard time? I don't know why I'm calm. I should be down on the floor rolling around, but I'm, I'm really actually calm. Have you ever experienced that before? When somebody was dying or when something didn't go your way, God gave you that peace. And this is also what Jesus said before he died. Jesus, before he was arrested, he knew one of his disciples would betray him. And at the Last Supper, he knew somebody was going to betray um, him. And he prepared them. And he he had communion with them. And um, he knew what, what was going to happen, but he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was very afraid. Some of you ever feel very, very afraid. Jesus was so afraid, he sweat great, um, drops of blood. I mean, that is really intense fear when you start bleeding. I haven't heard about that, but Jesus said he, he sweat great drops of blood. And he asked his disciples, you know, come on, just... Pray with me. Let's, let's see if God going to change his mind about this whole betrayal thing. And uh, they fell asleep three times. And then what did Jesus say? He said, not my will, yours be done. Sometimes we have to say that in our lives. Not my will, yours be done. Have your way, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we have to let God make us and mold us and take us to some places that we really don't want to go. Amen. And like Jesus, we have to focus not on the pain, but on the glory that God was going to do next. Stop focusing on what was and focus on what God is going to do next. Does anybody believe God is going to do something good for you today? Does anybody believe that God has a good plan for your life today? Hallelujah! God has a good plan for all of us. Plans for good, not evil, to give you a hope and a future. And on that cross, he was beat, stabbed, and mocked. And his last words were, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke 23, verse 46. And God raised him on the third day. And today, he is at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. It didn't seem good, but God is good. Hallelujah. He is our Savior, our Messiah forevermore. Hallelujah. And he sent us through God, the Holy Spirit, to comfort us, to lead us and guide us when we have trials. So what are you believing for today? What promises have God spoken to you about your situation? 
Things sometimes don't seem good in our life, but God wants to make those things an eternal weight of glory in our life. He wants to make us and mold us into the image of Christ. An abundant life. Hallelujah. So we have to trust God with our question mark. Sometimes you have a question mark, but God will turn that thing into an exclamation point. He'll straighten that question mark and, and make it into an exclamation point. Yes, God promised Abraham. It didn't look good, but yes, the Israelites multiplied and multiplied and multiplied, and they're still alive today. Hallelujah. And God did send us a Savior, the Messiah, through Abraham. Hallelujah. Through the son of David. Hallelujah. God is alive. Jesus is alive, and he is our Savior. So trust God with your question marks and let God turn them to exclamation points. God knows our needs before we even ask. God is a good God, amen, and a promise keeper. Tell your neighbor, God is a promise keeper. Amen. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you, Lord, for just the words that you've given us today. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you with our questions. And Lord, we just say thank you, Lord, that we don't have to worry, Lord, when things go unexpectedly. You are the beginning. You are the end. You created my life. You put me here for a purpose to go through this life and to give your name glory. And we just say thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, that we can look to him when we're going through those trials and we feel like we want to die we can look to Jesus Christ in our daily lives, Lord. And we can say, not focusing on the past, but focusing on your glory, God. We just say thank you, Lord, for those that that needed to hear a word today. They need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God. We just thank you, Lord, that they are turning their hearts to you, God. And we just ask you, Lord, to just make a way for them to give their hearts to you right now. The scripture says today is your day of salvation. And Lord, we just say thank you, Lord, that you are receiving them into your kingdom, God. We thank you, Lord, that every trial, every instance of our life is in your hands. And we say thank you, Lord. You are a good God. You are a promise keeper, Lord. Bring to us our remembrance, the promises that you have for each and every one of us. Help us to dwell on the promises, God, as we are led by you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.